0: What up, Ring Crew Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be going over AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. There are only two things I'm going to be going over. It is going to be the main event, which was Cody Rhodes taking on Malachi Black and the amazing in-ring segment between the Elite and Hangman Adam Page. The rest of AEW was fine. Congratulations for to Guerrero coming back into professional wrestling and being the third chapter to face Chris Jericho in this five stages of labor matches that MJF has created. But the main event of AEW and the in-ring segment between the Elite and Hangman Adam Page were the only two that caught my attention, like really caught my attention. And if you guys have been following this podcast, the Square Circle podcast, thank you for doing so. And if you're new here, I do go in-depth to AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and anything else that may capture my eye in professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is my super passion, as you guys should know. And I also do character spotlights. The latest character spotlight I did is of Jay White, the leader of the Bullet Club, and I went in-depth into his Amazing career, all the way from Young Lion to King Switch, of what we see now. And I'm very proud of him on Impact Wrestling. But this is an AEW Dynamite review podcast episode. So let me jump right into that main event. I've never realized how much of a polarizing figure Cody Rhodes is actually in real life ever since stepping away from WWE on his own terms. And touring around in the indies, being in Ring of Honor, being in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and unfortunately being in the Bullet Club for a little bit, and then finally teaming up with Matt, Nick, and Kenny, and Tony Khan to create AEW, I never realized how much of a polarizing figure he actually is. And I say that because there have been times on this podcast where I would rant about Cody because there's certain decisions that he would make and it definitely felt like it was still the wwe formula for whenever you see cody rhodes in the ring doing what he's doing and the way that he builds up talent and puts them over. While, yes, there have been some areas where Cody Rhodes does unique things to put people over, it still has that WWE feel to it because when you're with WWE for so long, you're used to the formula, you're used to the Kool-Aid, and sometimes it takes a couple years to shed that whole thing off, which has been coming off lately based on how he's being booked and based on how other people are being booked. But in the beginning, it was so full force that I would have a rant about something. The other thing too, is that Cody tends to flip flop his words Whenever he's giving a interview or whenever he's on social media and he's answering someone's questions, like sometimes I would really want to take the phone away from him because he puts his own foot into his mouth. And then when he backpedals, it's not a really good look. So sometimes you have to learn how to play the social media game, whether or not you want to interact with the trolls or the fans, depending on who's tagging you, what they're tagging you in and what kind of responses they want from you. Because once a troll gets under your skin, you kind of go off the deep end and you say things and we all question Is this really what the company is? Is this really the philosophy of the company? Because I've said it multiple times on this podcast that there's different philosophies in the higher ups of AEW. While that's not a bad thing, but you do need one common philosophy that everyone can agree on and go off from there. At least if there is one common philosophy that all four of these guys share for AEW, then you know that their priorities are set and their priorities are organized AEW's priorities are not organized when it comes to their shows. Sometimes they're missing opportunities with the guys that they have in their main storylines on AEW Dynamite. AEW Dark and AEW Dark Evelation along with AEW Rampage will probably have nothing to do with this conversation in terms of talking about main storylines that need to be on AEW Dynamite all the time so that way people can still be invested in the long-term storytelling and I'll dive deeper into that when I get into the elite versus hangman. So after a while I really just stopped ranting about Cody Rhodes while those got me clicks and listens from the wonderful community that is the wrestling community half the time I was just like it makes no sense to spend my energy on it so why am I going to start off this podcast with Cody Rhodes versus Mad Black because for the first time Cody Rhodes made me care for the first time he made me care Most of the time, he doesn't really make me care. It's either a rant or I'm just like, of course, it's Cody Rhodes. It's like that meme that goes around where it says nobody. And then underneath it, it's a particular name of a person that you know would do some crazy shit just because no one else is doing it. Yeah, that's Cody Rhodes for me. So for this main event, it really had a big fight feel. The presentation was really good. And we got it free on national television on TNT. This obviously should have been on a pay-per-view, but AEW only has four pay-per-views in a year. So giving us free, amazing wrestling like this is definitely amazing. And so Alistair Black comes out first, dressed in almost like this druid, even though that's probably not the word for it, but in this costume that reminded me of when I used to play Skyrim. The whole half of the skull mask with the antlers coming out. Anyone could say that's a shot at Triple H, but not really. But that's more of a like a game type of essence. He has all the stage presence in the world and it looked great. It looked phenomenal. So he's in the corner of the ring. Out comes Cody in his Captain America-esque outfit and gear. And now we have the two in the ring. The bell sounds and automatically Addison Black is definitely taking advantage of Cody Rhodes and doing so in a very particular fashion, in a very heavy, hard-hitting fashion. Malachi goes for a kick on the inside of Cody Rhodes' thigh. And then proceeds to work on Cody Rhodes' leg and knee. And Cody Rhodes is selling the hell out of his leg as if his life depended on it. And I'm like, Cody, calm down. It was just one kick. Despite Malachi Black working on the rest of his knee with submission holds and kicking it. Cody, you'll be okay. It's only in the beginning of the match. You're selling way too hard. And... He was selling that hard because the match wasn't that long. And so Cody Rhodes does decide to go to the top rope, or he attempts at least. Here comes Malachi and he pushes Cody Rhodes off of the top rope, and Cody Rhodes lands perfectly into the table. Now, I did not see the spot coming, so it took my breath away. And I was like, Of course! Of course, Cody has to go through a table. If Cody's not going to bleed in a night, he's going to go through a table. Of course. See, that meme is coming back where it says nobody. There's blank. And then underneath is going to be Cody Rhodes goes through a table. Yeah. At this point, the referee is counting. Cody Rhodes gets back into the ring, stands up. And I believe this is where Malachi Black does the wonderful kick that he does, that spinning kick, which I totally forgot the name of it. But he does that to Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes falls flat on his back and decides to put his foot on Cody Rhodes' chest as his cover. And the referee goes down, counts the one, two, three. And Malachi Black beats Cody Rhodes clean in the middle of the ring. And that made him a star in like 15 minutes or less. And I believe that I blinked and I missed everything. And it was completely... Fast, I was hoping that they would have had a wonderful drawn out match, but unfortunately, in the middle of a w Dynamite, we had a long match between the blade and Christian Cage that we really didn 't need to. They could have cut that match down, they could have gave us a little bit more of Cody Rose versus Maaii Black because there 's obviously more that needs to be done there now, from a writer 's point of view. It did make sense to have Malachi Black beat Cody Rhodes like that. Cody Rhodes was not prepared for it, even though he is the light in the darkness of this storyline that is unfolding. And I am here for the ride. I will give you my thoughts as the story unravels. And then right after that, Malachi leaves the ring. Tony Schiavone comes in to interview a dazed and confused, maybe a concussed Cody Rhodes And Cody Rhodes grabs the mic, gets up on his own, even though he's hobbling. And he starts giving this speech. We all know this speech in professional wrestling. This is the retirement speech, quote unquote. But we all know that Cody Rhodes is not retiring, even though actions speak louder than words. But it was so well done that I was hooked. And again, I'm going to say it again. Cody Rhodes actually had me carrying about him because I was freaking out and I was like, what is he doing? This is not supposed to be happening. Like I would understand if he's doing it because he wants to take some time off to relax, be with Brandy and be with his brand new baby and take it easy so that way he can recover and come back with new stories or something like that. That would make sense. That's what I thought. Like part of me feels like it wouldn't be right for Cody Rhodes to retire right now in the age and the stage that he's in because honestly it's one of those things of I can't see professional wrestling without Cody Rhodes as much as I rant about him and there's things that looking from the outside in for him to change you know I care about him as a performer and sometimes he needs to work on his social media etiquette But again, I cannot see a world without Cody Rhodes in professional wrestling, doing some stupid shit, stirring some shit up and giving us wonderful matches and just entertaining us. So if he ever did decide to retire this early, like that would have broke my heart and would have been like, yo, someone needs to get you out of there and bring you back. Like imagine if he truly did decide to quote unquote retire, right? who do you think will probably bring him out of that retirement? My first thought was maybe this is an interesting way to bring in Bray Wyatt since on the AEW media calls, yes, your girl Marie Shadows is on those media calls. During the AW media call, he did mention that Husky Harris slash Bray Wyatt was his rookie when they had rookies in WWE at that time. So imagine if this is an introduction on how we get Bray Wyatt into AEW by Bray Wyatt going to Cody Rhodes and saying that the world needs you. You are the light. The world needs you right now and you need to come back into professional wrestling. Like how interesting of a story that will be because, again, it will still maintain light versus dark. It will still maintain Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes, Malachi Black against Bray Wyatt. I don't know what kind of name Bray Wyatt is going to use if he does decide to go into AEW, but... For the sake of this conversation, it's still gonna be Bray Wyatt. So imagine that lineup, that matchup. That would be an amazing story to tell. And I know that fans will want it. So let's jump back to that retirement speech from Cody Rhodes. So Cody Rhodes is in the middle of the ring giving this sort of retirement esque speech, saying that AEW is not the alternative, AEW is the competition. Of course, he would say this. And also Saying some stuff from the media call that I caught on and I was like, yo, why are you saying the same things you said at the media call? Like there was something more to this little scene going on. And I love connecting the dots. I love being a detective in professional wrestling to try to figure out everything in kayfabe. I am not a wrestling media journalist by any means, but I do love analyzing professional wrestling. And his speech was definitely one to be analyzed. And he did say during the media call that he does not have a heel bone in his body, that apparently he's been doing it for 10 years and he really doesn't want to do it. However, I would think this would have been the perfect time because if you're going to get spun kick by Malachi Black and you are concussed and you're dazed and you don't know where you are and you're talking... All this nonsense and for you to get down on one knee to start taking off your boots in the wrestling world, that means that you're retiring, you're leaving your boots in the ring, you're done, you're retiring. And so don't you think that'd be a good time to capitalize? I'm being heel because right now you don't know who you are, where you are. You just know that someone kicked you, you turned it to somebody else, and this could have been the perfect time for Cody Rhodes to be a heel. But then again, I know they probably don't like heel versus heel and stuff like that. But that could have been a possibility. That's what I was thinking, that Cody Rhodes got kicked so hard that eventually he will start to turn because we all have that heel side to us anyway and when something traumatic like that happens it can bring it about so what looked like to be Cody Rhodes last run and last match Madakai Black comes in beats him up some more, and then takes his boot and goes to the back. And that is how we end AEW Dynamite. That made Malachi Black look like a strong competitor in AEW. And I'm just interested to follow this storyline. I'm not for or against Malachi Black. I just want to see how he unfolds during his time here in AEW and who elevates him, who he elevates, and what he brings to AEW. I'm not throwing any doubt or shade to him. I'm just an open book looking at these stories from a writer's perspective. And you guys would definitely get an analysis. If anything, I feel could have been done better. You'll hear it here first on the square circle podcast. Now let's jump into the elite and hangman Adam page segment. First of all, if you listen to my last review other than the AW Media call, I really went on a rant because I did not like the fact that the internet wrestling community was still chiming in about CM Punk joining, Daniel Ryan joining, and basically I said that they are one-hit wonders. While I have followed both of their careers from start all the way to finish in WWE, Most people will know CM Punk and Daniel Bryan in WWE for their one-hit wonders. Example, every single year for the past 10 years, probably 11 years now, everyone on Twitter and social media will always post the pipe bomb that CM Punk did on WWE. Why are we not posting anything other than that pipe bomb that CM Punk did? That's because everyone just knows CM Punk as the pipe bomb guy. While there are diehard fans who know his whole history, his matches, did you know that he stole his moves from Kenta? This is why Kenta wants to face CM Punk. And if Kenta does face CM Punk, Kenta better beat his ass and show him who's the true rightful owner of the go to sleep. Like move for move, hold for hold. He was stealing Kenta's stuff. And then also for the Anaconda Vice, that was also stolen from Tenzon. He works for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I have no problem with other wrestlers using other wrestlers moves because eventually every move gets used. However, to make it a staple into your move set without getting their permission or their blessing is one thing I don't tolerate. If it was like a one-off thing, because in the heat of the moment, you couldn't think of any other submission move and everything that you threw at your opponent, he was kicking out. So the one thing that you kind of know is this one submission move. So bam, why don't you use it to get the one, two, three? That'll be fine if it was a one-off, but to do it every single night? Nah, I'm not having that. And now quickly, the one thing that Daniel Bryan did in WWE is definitely the yes movement. He did have the cool storyline with him and Kane of Team Hell No, but the yes movement definitely solidified who Daniel Bryan is and that made him a WWE made star. And also, it doesn't help that he's married to Brie and that his father-in-law is John Laurinaitis, and it's all within the family of WWE. Anyway, I do know that Daniel Bryan has a wonderful career outside of WWE before he went there. I have seen his matches live in Ring of Honor here in New York City. So yes, again, I followed both of their careers. But as I said before in the last rant of the podcast episode, that... The industry of professional wrestling has passed both of these guys up. I don't know how valuable they're going to be to the industry based on all of the hungry talent that is around the world. So that was my take on it. And the reason why it goes into this new segment on AEW Dynamite is because last week, everybody was saying that Hangman Page was buried. I didn't like the finish. I didn't like that Kenny Omega won that match clean over hangman adam page getting the victory over hangman adam page because they built such an amazing roller coaster of a ride and then it peaked and then it just crashed and then flatlined because there was no angle to be set up next so that way fans on the internet doesn't go automatically to the hangman is buried They took Hangman out of the main event at All Out because of rumors that get made up and fed out like truth. What should have happened at the end of last week's Dynamite is that after Kenny Omega pinned Hangman Adam Page, he should have went to one of the cameras at ringside and really very sharply said, Never. Hangman will never beat me. And that will solidify the fact that Kenny Omega needs to be in control of all the storylines that he's in, and he needs to be in control of situations he knows he could get the one up on. He's been doing this for a while, and it's quite evident, especially when you see the dynamic between him and Jay White, the interaction they had on Impact Wrestling, where it looked like Kenny Omega saw a ghost from his past. Nobody forgets a Blade Runner especially not Kenny Omega, and especially not during their meeting back in New Japan Pro Wrestling when Jay White took that IWGP United States Championship title off of Kenny Omega. And then eventually Kenny Omega got kicked out of the Bullet Club and bam, here we go. This is why we have Switchblade Jay White. So even in that scenario, Jay White saw what kind of man that Kenny Omega is. Kenny Omega needs to be in control. Kenny Omega needs people to worship him. If not, then things start to fall apart because the power is not in Kenny Omega's hands. So yeah, I would have liked to see Kenny talk more trash into the cameraman. So that way us at home who's watching it on television can get the feeling that Hangman Adam Page is never going to amount to anything. Hangman Adam Page is going to stay in the same position that he's in because Kenny Omega is not going to allow Hangman Adam Page to beat him. And because he pinned him clean, that was a powerful message sent to everybody. But we as fans rally behind Hangman Adam Page and try to boost him up so that way he could get his confidence level up and then face Kenny Omega and take the belt off of him. I honestly think... That Hangman Adam Page should take the AEW World Heavyweight Championship title off of Kenny Omega at full gear. I've always felt that full gear is Hangman's own pay-per-view. Okay, so moving on to this past Wednesday with their interaction. I would like to say that somebody at AEW is definitely listening to my podcast episodes. Because the same thing that Kenny said on AEW Dynamite, on TNT, to Hangman Adam Page's face has been the same thing I've been saying on this podcast for a good while, ever since really getting into their long-term storytelling. So if anyone at AEW is listening to my podcast, thank you. I appreciate you. Send me a DM to let me know who it is. Because I was really, really amazed by what Kenny was telling Hangman Adam Page. And I'm just getting giddy by trying to retell it. So, so character-wise... Hangman Adam Page knows that pushing people away is how he copes with things because he still feels that he is a fuck up. He still feels that because he cost the Dark Order the match, that the Dark Order is not going to have their tag team championships and that he may never have his own title shot against Kenny Omega. So he wants to remove himself from the Dark Order. And again, this is where one of Hangman's flaws is. But he does need that tough love on himself to get over his his fears. And I honestly think that the female fan base needs to stop coddling Hangman Adam Page and push him and give him that tough motherly love to be like, look, you got to face your fears. You got to take out Kenny Omega, like go study Kenny Omega. Like you should know all his matches and you should be able to pick out his weaknesses. I mean, J.Y. did it. Hangman Adam Page can do it. But then again, when Hangman was facing Jay White, Jay White again crushed him in a beautiful promo. And I just don't think that from that time to now, Hangman has really grown into his own. He hasn't really evolved his character as much. We're still in the same down-of-the-barrel Hangman Adam Page, even though that this past Wednesday showed a little bit more growth in that he called out Matt and Nick only, so that way he can talk to them. And he wants to talk to them because he knows that Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson are logical guys. They will hear your side out, and they will definitely give you their opinion, give you their feelings and their thoughts on the situation or whatever you want to talk about. So that made sense for Hangman, from a character standpoint, to call out Matt and Nick. However... He did not anticipate that the whole entire crew of the super elite will come out. And then again, Kenny Omega taking control of the situation, not even allowing Matt and Nick to get in some words to Hangman Adam Page. So that way it could be a discourse between Hangman Adam Page and Matt and Nick. Automatically, Kenny Omega is assuming on the mic, assuming that Hangman Adam Page wants back into the elite and obviously... Kenny Omega already made the call that he's not coming back into the elite. He was never on their level. He was never as good as the elite. And this is where Hangman Adam Page is now. All of his troubles got him to this point. And as Kenny Omega is saying this stuff, I've been saying this in my podcast episodes, especially when I did the highlight video of breaking down Hangman and Kenny Omega's storyline and saying that. The only reason why Hangman Adam Page was with the elite is because in high school, when you think about it, when you're trying to fit in, sometimes you want to be with the cool kids because everyone is after them. Every single fan is always after the elite. Every single fan wants to know what Matt and Nick are doing, what Kenny Omega is doing and supporting them and worshiping them. Thus, you want to join that so you could feel some type of friendship. Maybe some type of friendship. But you want to join that because you know that's a safety net. Until maybe you find your own crew and you want to break away. And that's what eventually Hangman Adam Page did because he saw how he was being treated. He saw how unfair they were to him even though they would never admit it. But then again... Why would you when you think that everything is good? And why would you when communication has been very poor between all members in this storyline? So the same thing that I said in that highlight video, the same thing I said a couple podcasts after that highlight video, we're all talking about the same thing. And I think that now that there's fans, they could get the reaction that they want and try to elicits different reactions, different emotions depending on the situation. Now after Kenny Omega tells Hangman Adam Page the same thing I've been saying in my podcast episodes, they go and attack hangman Adam Page and obviously it's all the elite versus one person. The Dark Order comes out and evil Uno and Stu Grayson stops the Dark Order members from helping out Hangman Adam Page in the ring, we have Matt and Nick ready to do the BTE trigger on Hangman and a Page. They do it a couple of times and they send Hangman and a Page a message. Now, this should definitely lead to Hangman Adam Page turning to the dark side, turning to be a heel and turning to really take it to the elite and really dismantle the elite for the inside out. But I'm not sure we're going to go there because it still feels like Hangman Adam Page is still in the same position he was when they took the hiatus before continuing the story now with fans. So there's sort of a disconnect and I'm just watching for the sake of watching and breaking it down for you guys because I love breaking down stories and I love finding the answers when I'm trying to put two and two together. I love long term storytelling and I honestly think that that segment on this past week's AW Dynamite on 8-4-2021 was a very good indication that the storyline is still well. Unfortunately, at All Out, it's going to be Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship title. I am not sure why that's happening. It makes no sense. What would make sense is Hangman Adam Page takes the belt off of Kenny Omega at full gear with Christian Cage's help. So that way we can add an extra layer to the story of Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega, and then whatever outcome happens, happens. And Christian Cage circles back to Hangman Adam Page and says, Hey, remember who got you that title? I'm the one that helped you, so give me a title shot. Bam, we have that going on. Because right now, I don't like that people are going to be inserted into this Hangman and Elite storyline when they have nothing to do with it. When this storyline was first formed during all the BTE episodes, Heyman Anna Page was there for all of them. And so if Christian wasn't there, what's the point of him jumping in to get a title shot when he doesn't need to at this point? Unless Christian Cage has a specific contract where it states that he needs a certain amount of championship title matches and then he's done, he's going to be a coach, then that's a different conversation. But I'm not speculating on that. There's no news on that. So I'm just throwing it out there like a what if maybe that's the case. But in reality, Christian Cage does not need this match against Kenny Omega at all out. It seems like they just threw it together for the sake of throwing it together. And sometimes AEW does that. They throw things at a wall. Whatever sticks, we're going to go with it. That's why sometimes priority is a must. And organizing priorities is a very amazing thing to do. Because sometimes when you have four people... With different ideologies, different philosophies, you could definitely tell the structure of the show and the mindsets when you watch it every single Wednesday on TNT. That is one thing that I really wish and hope that AEW can improve on is definitely getting their priorities straight and making sure that the stories that we all care about come about perfectly on AEW Dynamite. All right, guys that is everything for me i am just going to be watching what happens between cody Rhodes and malachi black and i'm also going to be watching more of the elite and hangman story unfold i am still waiting for hangman adam page to turn to that dark side i hope he turns to that dark side and i hope you enjoyed my analysis of aw dynamite just those two segments on this podcast episode If you enjoyed this podcast episode, there are many ways for you to support. The simple way is to listen to this full entire podcast on any social media platform that has podcasts, So, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go for the direct link, it is at anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. You guys can also leave me a tip there for all of my breakdown analysis, and it helps the channel. It helps the podcast. If you do not agree or agree with anything that I've said on this podcast, anchor.fm makes it extremely easy for you to leave your thoughts, your comments, just click on the button that says leave a voicemail. If you want to leave a voicemail or a voice message, please go do so. I'll listen to it and I'll even comment about it on the podcast. If you're a Twitter user like me, I'm on Twitter 24 seven, talking about wrestling 24 seven. And if you want to keep in contact with me for all updates regarding podcast shows, maybe a Patreon, maybe some ways to support me watching my wrestling journey continue. Make sure you're following me at Marie underscore shadows. And if you want to take it a step further to get more content, especially wrestling content, gaming content, my vlogs, my writing, head over to ravagelands.com and sign up for the newsletter to get notified twice a month for all cool things that I'll be doing behind the scenes. As always, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows.